Hey, everyone. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. We're very excited to have guitar legend Juan Carlos Quintero join us. Now, did I say it right? Did I say your name right, Juan? Quintero. Quintero. Yeah, Quintero. you sounded great. <laughs> okay. I, great. I like that. Now, what does Quintero stand for? What does it mean? Well, you know, Quin is, is uh, you know, goes back to, um, you know, the, the, the notion of five, you know, um, so, um, but other than that, I don't know, I, I can't tell you the, you know, any deeper meaning of Quintero. I wonder, um, that's interesting. So numerology, that's got to be interesting for someone to, you know, the yeah. number five, you know, because maybe you could have been a family thing of five people, you know, and, um, and I bring that up. That's kind of interesting too, because, you know, you think numbers somehow are lucky numbers. Five is an interesting number. And well, um, I know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, please. Now, I was going to say, it's interesting because you're, you know, when to work with Amy Worthington now from Internauts, and yeah. then that kind of has that Celtic side. So I was thinking, there's a lot of luck going on here. I think five, and <laughs> you need a five-leaf clover. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, it's been pointed out to me, you know, as far as my name and, and the, the whole five thing. And, of course, it's there, you know, if you want to look at it. But uh, it's all very interesting. Um, um, and I run into Quintero's um uh, very often now, uh, more hmm. more than before, for some odd reason. Um, uh, when my mo- my wife and I got married, everyone freaked out because she also had a last name of Quintero, and um, so it was like, wow. uh, yeah, Uh-oh. it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like two Smiths, you know, like the Smith family coming together. Or hey, and I, I know, don't I know? When it's every time I take an Amazon delivery or whatever, someone they're like. You, what what's the last name there? Because my signature looks like a doctor, you know, wrote it, and I, I'm like Smith, and they're like they look at me. Yeah. I'm like really, and I remember when we first moved to this country, we were teaching um, musical organs uh, playing, and um, it was we. Were, I think I was in Pensacola. I was living in Pensacola, Florida, and nice. there was a big newspaper article about some woman called Lisa Smith who got a DUI and knocked into this tree, did that, and was you know. And all these students kept thinking it was me because they know I love my wine. <laughs> Everyone knows I love wine, you know, but they thought it was me because it said, and it was Lisa Diane Smith, my full name. And I'm like, right. it wasn't me, man. I didn't do it, but they all thought I, you know, did something crazy. So I, I, re- I stumbled into a, some, something very similar. I, um, I took a, um, I do music supervision uh, as well. And I've done it for many years uh, for film and TV. And um uh, there was a background check um, done um, uh, on me. I was just joining a, a, a new company at the time, and um, so uh, apparently there's a there's some guy out there, you know, who, who's who's a drug smuggler, same exact name. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, being called, uh, "Hey, is that you?" You know, they they kind of uh, asking me in a light, you know, kind of lighthearted way, but not really, <laughs> and. Uh, I remember wanting to answer in a lighthearted way. Well, of course it's me, you know, and, and, uh, but the little voice, <laughs> the little voice in the back said, you know, just say, and say, no, no, it's not me. It's, you know, don't worry. You know? So we got through that, but, but yeah, wow. so I guess it comes up, uh, depending on, uh, which, uh, part of the world you're looking at, but, uh, there's, there's That's a couple funny. of, a couple of us, uh, with the same exact name out there. Um, another guy is a, a soccer player from Medellin. Colombia, and he comes up often, and I'll, I'll get oh, emails. 
especially being Colombia, right? That's the other thing too. It's like immediate yeah. target, right? It's yeah. that's that's rough, you know. Yeah, when I was in that music, because I was the youngest one in the company, they nailed me for drug tests every single yeah. time for the insurance, oh, and everybody's yeah. like, "Pull her in," and I'm like, "Dudes." And then I just said, okay, I'm going to go eat poppy seed muffins and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets, yeah, it gets crazy. It does get crazy. But this is exciting. So, I mean, you've done so much in music and your guitar playing is amazing. I mean, oh. everyone knows that, right? It's. I, I was listening to Tangerine and I know that's coming out um, in August uh, from your new album, Desserts. That happens to be, actually used to teach that song. <laughs> it's one of my... Yeah. It's like all-time favorites. Tell us a little bit about the album. I mean, because, you know, that's a good name, that Desserts. That's that's like a great name. Well, you know, um, uh, I wish I could take claim to some kind of deep thinking there. but You just I wanted can't. dessert. You just, just wanted uh, something delicious. <laughs> we were, You know, we were just kind of brainstorming. Uh, I bring my wife into, into this because uh, I brainstorm with her quite a bit. I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, what does this sound like? And she'll say, what does it mean? Or, or yeah, it sounds great. And, and uh, so, sometimes it's the um, the reaction to something that that tells me what to do, you know, because mm. it's uh, not really analyzed and not thought thought out and, and over, you know, processed. It's just a feeling that happens. And um so I was getting I was getting these kind of responses over over um, desserts and uh, we just went with it. And you know the other the other part of it is it's a follow up to the previous record of last year, and it was called Table for Five. Yeah, Table for so, Five. It's an awesome album. Thank you. And uh, we had fun with that title because um, you know I wanted to call it a quintet or refer to my whole setup as five. a quintet. But I thought, you know what? It's been used so, it's, you know, we all hear that so often. We all know what that is. So it can't, you know, I had that, you know, just the sheer luck of being at a restaurant with my wife. And we, you know, they were calling out names and people were waiting to be seated. And um, and so uh, the hostess yelled out uh, this name and, and the gentleman behind me said, yes, table for five. And I, I happened to be trying to figure out what the concept and what the name of the, the album would be. And I almost hugged him. I turned around. I was so happy to hear it because when he said it, the way he, he said it, perfect. I thought, man, this is it. This this is the name of the album. Thank you. You know, <laughs> table for five. Well, it goes it goes to jazz too. And you think about like take five, and and you think about there's yeah. a thing about that. It goes with it for jazz. You know what I mean? And it's, and yeah. I mean, what would you say? Because when I listen to your music, I don't like even think of it as you know specifically this jazz, that jazz. I just I just like sink into it. So that's why I like the name desserts because you know, any good dessert, you want the second piece. In fact, <laughs> you, you, you know, we were talking about the pandemic and all of our, you know, interesting <laughs> habits as, as society um, changed yes. during the pandemic. And I think desserts, you should have released it during the pandemic because I you think know? a lot of us that we bake cakes suddenly. And next thing you know, you don't just wait for one slice. It's sitting there. You're sitting at yep. home. You're looking at mm-hmm. that dessert, that cake. And you're like, Hmm. And now I want tangerine frosting. See, that's the thing. <laughs> well, I like your thinking, you know, uh, I've, I like to think desserts is all, it's so uh, relatable, but it's really a follow-up to table for five, yeah. you know, going to have a meal, then what's going to happen, maybe, you know, have some desserts. And also the concept of the record really is, um, it's more like a double album experience, mm. except staggered, you know, a year later. So it's really a Perfect. connection and a, and a continuation from table for five. 
in that we dealt with, for me at least, you know, there's just, these are just beautiful melodies from mm-hmm. the early '60s, and um, and we're just dealing with them in 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 the Latin jazz context, in the in the context of how we we like to do it, mm-hmm. the way I like to do it, and um, and hopefully people will like it because it's um, these are beautiful melodies and 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 uh, we're trying to honor them in, in the best way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but you got that it's really timeless. interesting because yeah they are timeless like tangerine to me is like one of those songs that i could listen to, you know it's one of my favorites and like moon glow is like one of those songs too it's like one oh, of my yeah. all-time favorites and yeah. <laughs> when you think they're classics you know and when you they think are. about it music written then in that era they were so it wasn't overdone and and i think that's what i really like about your music is it's not sometimes it's just like well you get to the note like where is this going? You know what I mean? Right. So jazz right. is a very interesting thing that way. Cause sometimes it's like, Ooh, that's a trip. You're taking me on a voyage and this is really cool. I have no idea where we're going and you're, you're yeah. really cool. And then sometimes <laughs> it's like, it's messy, you know, but a sure. dessert, a dessert, when you think about it is, you know, there's a science behind it. If you're baking, you've got to get it dead on. You can't cook like me. Like I shouldn't bake, you know, cause yeah. there's a science and then you have to have the dynamics. And I think that's something I always talk about dynamics. Um, being, I think the the most important piece of language in music is the dynamics, and I, you've I, got it very subtly. You're taking these classic songs that someone could just play straightforward, but mm-hmm. it's all in the dynamics, and that those songs allow for the movement of dynamics. Did that make I, sense? <laughs> it makes a hundred percent sense to me, and, and that's what we discuss in the studios. How how we, mm-hmm. you know it's the tempo, and we we work. Um, you know, all, my, my band, you know, we, we, it's, it's, it's a meeting, you know, we discuss how mm. we're going to arrange this in the moment because we, we, you know, the idea is to keep it fresh. So you're hearing, uh, arrangements that were really developed in the studio in the moment. How are we going to do this? How, how are we going to go from one section to the next? And what's the tempo and what's the, the, the dance or the genre? Is it going to be mm. cha cha? Is it going to be danson? Uh, is it going to be, you know, um, a samba, you know, whatever it's going to be, we figure that out in the moment and we, we go for it. You know, we take about three or four takes. Sometimes it's the first take surprisingly, but these are fresh and we're just learning the chart for the new arrangement in the moment. And, and of course we talk about dynamics and what are we going to do with shift when we go to the, when we go to the bridge or we revisit the verse, well, how are we going to do that? Um, because it should feel like it's a vocalist. It should the yeah. melody should feel like it's being sung, and uh, it's taken me years to figure that out. You know, and hopefully we're getting there. You know, <laughs> it's like having the big fish yeah. and all the little ones in the net. You know, it's 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 that really cool balance, and then having other people. And you, have you been playing with the same band for the whole time? Or yes, I've been very. Uh, very that's cool. part of it. Then that's yeah. Um, over 25 years, um, wow. uh, our, our percussionist, uh, Joy De Leon has just joined the family. He's, he's now in it a couple of years, but everyone else, uh, um, Joe Rotundi on my pianist and Eddie Resto on bass and I don't said Fatih on drums. They've, they've been with me for, for so long. There's a shorthand there. And, uh, I always, I always like to put it that, you know, I can play anything I want now because mm. I know. I know they're going to catch me. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And make and make it all right, you know. It's 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 uh 
I feel a little more freedom because of that. You know, they, they're there, and, and I know that because um, of their uh, wealth of knowledge and wisdom um, with this music and the tradition of it, that um, they'll they'll help me get get it right. You know, because I'm 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 yeah. really a student of this music, um, and always will be because these melodies, um, you know, they came from great composers, but the the context of where they came from is very interesting to me. Often they came from movies, you know, mm-hmm. there were songs in a movie, and um, they weren't jazz standards, you know, there were songs, and they became, you know, uh, interpretive. They became um, music that was. Uh, um, that, you know, that went into iterations and improv- exactly. improvisational music started surrounding this, these melodies, but they weren't intended. You know, they, um, um, Henry Mancini wasn't writing jazz tunes. You know, he was writing music, you know, songs. His stories. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like a, it's writing your own language with a story and especially instrumentals. Instrumentals are like the portal to creativity, I think. You know, I'm a singer, yeah. but, and I think, you know, singing is like this whole other instrument and talent, yeah. but there's something about instrumental coming in with, you know, just like, I, I, like when I think about those songs, like Tangerine could go into Yellow Bird, like seamlessly, like how there's, yeah. there was a yeah. lot of pairings that went on in that, that time frame with music. Like, I think it was at Dr. Shivago, the theme from Dr. Shivago, um, Somewhere My Love and think the theme yep. from Picnic were written together to kind of intertwine together. I can't explain yeah, how that thing was going on, but they were like, you could flip them and they matched or something. Mm-hmm. I, I right. can't explain that. I'm not, I'm not smart on those things, but I <laughs> know what I, I know what I listen to, you know what I mean? And it's just really, um, I don't know. There was this storytelling. And when it, when you have that openness of an instrumental, you're allowed to change the story. You are. You and want. but you're, your take on it is very interesting to me because um, it reminds me that the the music has to to remain um, sound. You know, it has to it has to be it has to be correct. In other words, mm-hmm. um, it, it happens to be a jazz performance, but you can't abandon the 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 the, the, the essence of the of the song and the simplicity of the of the melody. And I would even say mm-hmm. the beauty of the melody, and that's what everyone mm-hmm. understands. Um, I first realized this, and I've been making a lot of records. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Original music, you know, original music is a whole other thing, a whole other journey. But the first time I did um, covers, like per se, you know, other other music, was uh, a Christmas album years ago, and I and I remember going into it um, thinking, oh man, you know, this will be easy, you know, it's Christmas songs. I mean, I'm just going to blow right through it, and <laughs> no big deal, you know. Well. <laughs> I found out it was quite the opposite. It was so humbling um, because I realized when I was doing Jingle Bells, for instance, um, you know, careful handling because the melody is very clear. And, and you know, you want to make it hip or something? You, you want to mess with this melody? No, you want to leave it alone and, and preserve what sure. that composer worked out. They, were, they wrote all kinds of different shapes and different ideas, edited threw away other stuff that you will never know about for it to be Jingle Bells, right? Yeah. And so if I come along and play my instrumental version of it, I need to honor that because that's been worked out. So I, you know, I, you can arrange yeah. around it, you create other sections around it, but you need to come back to the melody. And so I learned quite a bit just from, by doing a Christmas record uh, where I thought going in it was just going to be um, 
you know, easy breezy, but it was intense. I had to arrange every song in a way that was, that felt musical and yet honoring what everyone knew, which was the song. Mm. They already knew the song. So yeah, you had to keep I the integrity. Kind of, yeah. Of the, of, of the right. You know, that is interesting. Cause I know that even when I've gone into singing, like you would, I was actually talking about this with another singer. I was like, I started copying other musicians and singers okay. just to get a feel to, to, to learn. And I can't yeah. mimic people. Like I'm that my nickname is Kasuku in Swahili, which means parrot. And it, and okay. I do talk a lot, okay. but it's, it's because of mimic. You, you can mimic. And it, and mm-hmm. to me, a lot of it is just as comedy, but it's, um, it was about getting into another singer or musician's head to yeah. deconstruct a song. And so covers, I think are some of the best uh, teaching uh, oh. ways for music because you're deconstructing to reconstruct with the actual foundation still there, that integrity. And that's right. Yeah. And going back to that whole part of like songs like yellow bird and um, if you had yellow bird and tangerine and like connecting them in a way, right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that part of also like a mathematical puzzle with, with these songs too, of how there is, there's these connections that I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you could take certain songs, connect them all into one big song. If yeah. It sounds yeah, weird. Right. Maybe I'm no, used to segues too much, but it's like no, a yeah. big song because it's really this big story, but they wrote things back then it was almost like you could, you know, you put a plug in a socket, you know, that's kind of how I feel. Some of the songs were written back then were to be able to connect to the others, almost like a pre-made set list, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, uh, it's almost for- formulaic. There's a harmony structure to it that tells okay. us, uh, where the gravity of the music will, will segue to. You know, we, we kind of know, we, we know cadences as, 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 uh, as humans, you know, listening to, to sure. melody. We know cadences. We, we, we learned it as, as, uh, children with nursery rhymes, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, happy birthday, um, you know, and you take any of the nursery rhymes and you, you realize that there's a cadence involved. Um, there's a counterpoint that's available that our ears gravitate to. Farajaka is layered. Mm-hmm. It's introduced, introducing different lines at different parts. It's almost like a game, you know, with right. and your kids. But um, when you arrange music, it's, it's the same thing. Nothing's changed, you know. Uh, for me, uh, I, I like to introduce uh, elements of the rhythm section or I open it with bass and then, and, and Farajaka takes place. You, you then hear, you know, it's bass, um, piano, yeah, it and, goes and up. percussion yeah. or the other way around. We kind of, we kind of have fun with it, but we don't all just jump in at once, you know, yeah. because your ears need to navigate what we're up to. And hmm. it gives a chance for the song to, to grow uh, within a three or four minute, you know, time span, you know, we get to really start from really zero, open it up, peak, and then exit, hopefully, as gracefully as possible. But um, these are all elements that we understand, you know, instinctively, you know, you don't have to, my whole goal is to make these kind of records um, for uh, people that don't listen to jazz, you know, it's, it's, you don't, you know, it's not. It's not for a very uh, lead. Yeah, member. some people are member. scared of jazz. They're scared of it. They're like, "Oh, I have to be smart to listen to it." I'm like, "No, you no. don't. You don't." You know. But that's really interesting when you say about you know how you're writing music and it's about how we take in, how we listen, as you know, individuals. 
It's the same thing in writing. When you're writing a story or a, a, a novel or whatever, it's like, or even a press release, right? It's, it's the, it's, this is what we're, the first paragraph is, I'm going to get your attention and I'm going right. to tell you this is where we're going. And then yes. it starts <laughs> to unfold, it peaks. And then you're going, now that I told you this, I'm going to remind you of what I told you in the beginning. And then now you've <laughs> lesson learned, you're done. <laughs> yeah. In and out. It, it is, and it's not easy to do. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm amazed when I hear a great arrangement and, uh, you know, they get it done in less than three minutes. I mean, that to me is so hard to do. If you have more time, you have more time to, to explore, make a case and dive into certain sections and, and, and different peaks and valleys. But if you have a short time, you got to make it sound like it is five minutes and yet Mm -hmm. it's only three minutes. Um, the Beatles, for instance, those, you know, those classic hits were a minute and a half. You know, amazing, and amazing. they sound longer. They sound every time they sound longer because of the arrangement. Uh, that's really smart. I mean, when you go back to some of these composers, you know, I got stuck into. And now I can't remember his name, and I, I want to, you know, hit myself over it. But the the guy who wrote the typewriter with the tick 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 tick. Oh man, what you know what I'm talking about? And you can actually hear the typewriter, but it was like this building of here comes the frenzy of the typing, and then you know, thing at at the end of it, you know, stuff like that. When people are taking that, and like you're saying, we know what this typewriter sounds right. So when you go to hear the song, there's still a melody in there. He took it and he's, and it's fast, but it's like, no way, but you can, I don't know. It was like, you know, the sound, but he still changed it enough for it to not be, here's a typewriter typing, you know, it was this, I was like an interesting thing when you listen to all these composers, how they put things together. You know, we're, we're talking about development, whether it's yeah. film, film, writing, um, music. It's all about development and, and, and allowing, um, you know, the, the audience to, to, to come in and, and, and absorb this cool idea we're trying to project, you know. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. It's, you know, I'm going to offer a commentary on today's music and with, hopefully I don't get in trouble. But, but what's happening now is that we're starting with the chorus. You know, in, in 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 many in many cases, and so when you do that, it's um it's hard to go past that. It's hard to mm. build up, up, upon that. You've already introduced the peak, you know. Yeah. And it's it's it says a lot about uh, what we're trying to do as as a as a culture because it's quick. It's it's almost like a fast food um, music mentality, you know. And uh, we're not allowing for the development, and I think mm. that's why. The music today isn't sticking around. It kind of, it comes and goes really fast, mm-hmm. um, and I I attribute that to mostly the design of the music, not the melodies. I don't, I don't want to get into, you know, you know, back in the day we had melodies, you know, and all that stuff. We did right, but <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. Today, you know, today you know today is a different emphasis. It's, it's rhythmic. You know, today we have rhythm. You know, and that's cool too. But um, um, when we when we arrange music in this mm-hmm. way, we just pop it open and bang, it's it's all there. You, you're right in the chorus. You you're, you're stepping into the peak of the song from the first beat of the song. You can't. There's nowhere to go. And so that's yeah. why we're getting, that's why we're getting music that's just kind of you know it's leveled off because it can't go any higher. It starts so big. That. But, it, but it's it's to me it becomes very boring because there's no journey and and the music is supposed to no be journey. be part of that imagination. It's a co-creative right. experience, right? 
And so when you're talking about like this chorus, bam, that's almost like everybody wants to write an anthem. Like right. that, that's it. And it's got to be something that someone can chant to and get it over. It's like, here's your football song for, you know, three minutes. That's, that's when the that. dynamic has gone away. And it's like, to me, okay, do you want a drinking song? Go to a bar, you know, go, go, go to the right. stadium. Fine. But for actual listening music, I mean, we drive across the country and I check radio stations all the time. And oh, I have nothing against the Eagles, but I'm really sick to death of Hotel California. <laughs> and it happens no matter what. We we will sit and we'll play something. And it, you, it's the same set list. And you cross the county line, they repeat it. And then sometimes when you get to university towns, you get to actually listen to music. And you'll go, oh, something I've never heard. Yay! You know? right. And then you start right. listening. You're really listening when you drive. And but you know... That's those, those songs that you're talking about. I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't. You, there's no entrance. There's no, it's like trying to drive on a road with someone who's driving 120 in a 30 speed limit and you're trying to navigate. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's like, it's over. It's, it's, a, it's not even a one hit wonder. It didn't even make it. You know, this, the, 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 the data tells us uh, what's happening. So, you know, there's a resurgence of vinyl, for instance, okay, yeah. which is great. But really what's happening is that the vinyl that's being purchased is really um, uh, vinyl from the 70s, you know. And so what that tells us is that it's mm-hmm. um, there's a, a rediscovery of all that music from a time where songwriting was key to, to everything. It was It was the... Production was secondary to the song. In other words, you you wouldn't get in the studio. Someone wouldn't give you the money, the financing, uh, to go in the studio unless the song was was ready. And that's yeah. the thing. Now we go in the studio now. I'm saying we as, a, as an industry. We go in the studio without a song, which is mind-blowing to me, you know, um, it's been hours like, you know, we're, we're before, I mean, you, your hours are hours. I mean, rehearsal space, all that stuff. You had one hour to get it done and you better not be, you know, I think that's where all the, the drunk and passed out druggies, you know, didn't work <laughs> always, but for some it did, but you know, but it's, um, I, I think you're, you're really, it's interesting because, you know, as we travel, we're in different homes across the country, pet sitting. So we see kitchens and we, and we see what music okay. is like. And we see more and more of the vinyl that you're talking about. But I guarantee you, these are albums I grew up as, with as a kid. Right, and so I'm like, legacy. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that. And I think, but it is those songs. Um, the songwriting is such a big deal. And now we're using all these samples from the past too. That's and another a, weird thing to that. me. <laughs> Why? Cause it's familiarity and they're good. <laughs> and they're good. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you spend more time on the writing, you know, um, you wouldn't need the samples. You know, back exactly. in the back of the day, um, Bad Company never sampled anything. Led Zeppelin, they never sampled the damn thing. You know, none of none of the pop artists even thought in those terms. The 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 vibe was all about um, originality, Man, originality, it's... authenticity, and 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 preserving that process. But no one would enter the studio unless they had you know just crazy funding. You know, that it didn't matter. But most artists would never even um, get the green light to go in the studio unless that demo tape, often a cassette tape, was ready, you know, and Mm. and the song actually intact. Um, It's a different emphasis now. And and, and, um, uh, 
wow, there's some great music coming out of today's process. There's some incredible music mm-hmm. coming out. But at the same time, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have a staying power. Like, I can't even think of a lot of music today that will be classics later on. Like the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, you talk about the Eagles, um, you know, bands like Boston or um, Steely Dan or, you know, um, mm. uh, Chicago. I mean, all these bands created music that, that have become classic catalog music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Even the 80s are classic now. Yeah. So they're, they're <laughs> and the 80s, I started listening more and more to the 80s going, you know, they really did write some such diverse music in the 80s. It, I mean, it was really quite crazy when, when you think about it. And then so, I don't know what happened, but it was. I think the middle of the nineties, it, it got weird on like it kind of, that's where it to me got weird. But at the same time, the independent artists that we listen to and put on shows and everything, you listen to their musicality. It's like, this is exciting. What Absolutely. is going on between this gap between we have so many independent artists that are really honing right. their craft. I mean, and it it's blood, sweat and tears to write that perfect song kind of thing. And the radio stations, there's so much talent. I just think it's all become very, very commercial. And so it's like, write songs because our audience likes these cowboy boots or write a song about cowboy boots. And you know, you know, we can, we've got sponsors for it. I think we've gone that road and that has always been there, but it's, it's kind of everything's paired with merchandise now more than the album. Yeah. It's all about monetizing every aspect uh, to overcome you know, the lack of retail, for instance, attached to the fact that you have a record for sale, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I would say the independent market really does uh, point to what the record industry was really made of in uh, the 60s and 70s. It's really about um, crafting um, the concept of the music, the song quality, because the independent market, uh, independent community, artist community, uh, it's not made up of um, independent wealth that they can just right. go into a recording studio and think about it once they get the recording studio. They have to iron it out first independently, maybe a home studio. Um, but yep. they, they they commit to all those big decisions in the music way before they enter a recording studio, if in fact they're going to track live. But mm-hmm. um, um, they represent to me uh, the urgency and the quality um, and, the, and the idea of an artist development is really coming mm-hmm. from the, the community more so than ever. Because it's, And it's exciting. Yeah. You know, I think I love we're it. seeing it in film too, except it's like film. You, now they're doing like 10 mission impossibles, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. who cares? You know? Right. So that's to me, like the sampling thing. Oh, we've got this formula. Everybody must fit to the template. And right. the arts to me are the anti-template. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, those, those, those formulas uh, create a huge, um, um, you know, revenue stream, but it's instant. So those movies hit really hard for one weekend. And that's it. The audience, it doesn't stick. Just like the song, yeah. the music, the commercial music of today. It's it's really, it's that whole notion of starting with the chorus first. It's just a huge... I, that, yeah, now now that's going to stick in my brain forever. So it's Frere Jacques. But, but going back, because I know you've done a lot of movie and uh, work with movies and TV and everything. Isn't that like an interesting thing for music, that pairing with the visuals of writing for it? I mean, when you write that kind of work, are you seeing, are, are you writing it from someone saying, okay, we're going to be cutting this scene. I need this. 
or do you see what you're, where it's going to be paired or how does that process work? Cause to me, it's fascinating because it's like merging art forms. Like I always want to see someone painting while they're listening to music to see what happens, sure. like a band and sure. an artist together, you know? So it's kind of like well, that. Yeah. I mean, my role as a producer or a music supervisor is, is, um, means that I get to work with composers and bring them into projects. Ah, that's I, over, I, I oversee what they do. I, I'm not, I'm the, I'm the, um, I would say the, the, the broker, you know, between the director or the executive producer and the composer. And, and the reason for that is because often the director, um, or the, it could be the executive producer as well. Uh, they don't speak the language of mm-hmm. music. So they need someone to, um, present and be the tr- translator really to a, a, to a composer, you know, so you can't tell a composer, I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> dude, no. It doesn't work. Uh, can you make it more? Can you make it faster? Can you make it slower? Can you make it more blue? Can you make it more green? That doesn't work for a composer. You have to tell them. Um, it's helpful if you can tell them. Um, you know the key. The key change at at certain at a certain moment in the music going to a minor is causing a different effect. We need to make that a major. And how we offer different keys, different um, modes. That's uh, the music theory talk. But I would offer different uh, palettes so they can draw from to create the music because I know the effect for the client, the director, yeah. w- will be there because of those choices. Like you um, don't want it all to be sharps when it's a sad scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it needs to be it needs to be minor or, you know, or if the song mm-hmm. or, the, or the cue is too slow for the scene, then we're talking about beats per minute and we get to use that language. But the director is going to say, you know, out of frustration, maybe, you know, uh, hey, this is too slow and, and I need something faster. Well, if you tell a composer faster without telling them how fast, <laughs> you're going to yeah. get faster. And so now yeah. you're going to go in circles and the just frustration builds on both sides. So my my role really is is to bridge those two worlds as a supervisor um, and choose the music uh, that's needed. Talk with the composers. Um, the composers I work with are super talented. It's amazing what they, for me, it's amazing what they do because, um, it's not my skill set. I mean, I sure I, I can develop it and go into that space. Um, my skill set is very specific. I, I make jazz records, you know, uh, I, I, I like arranging my tunes and, 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 and in the, in the case of the recent record, other people's tunes. Um, but what they do is really start from uh, an empty canvas that's really directed by the image on the screen that tells mm. them what right next and then come up with themes wow. that intertwine throughout a, a TV show or a movie in such a way that you don't, you and I don't even pick up on it until later. Maybe we see mm. the movie again later, we pick up on the score on mm. what it's doing to us, but it's one of those things. If you turned it off, <laughs> if you turned off the score and you just left the dialogue and effects, you, you would no. be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't impact you but at adds all. That adds an extra emotion, you know. Um, and I mean, I, I own so many soundtracks because there's yeah, something you know. really magical about soundtrack albums, right? Yes. Um, it, it's just even, it's like I'm always listening more. And then, you know, even now when you go to like a theater, movie theater, what they've done with this Adobe, Dolby sound, I think it is. I don't, the, yeah. these right. seats that you have, you know, speakers and you can feel things when like if someone slams a car door, you literally feel that sound 
yes. in in your body, like you'll jolt a little. <laughs> and I mean, right. I've been to theaters and done interviews on this, and it's absolutely amazing what it is amazing. what how sound has really changed over the years for theaters. And it's yeah. it's like okay, we all binge out on Netflix, but I want Netflix on on that. <laughs> I want that experience, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's something else when when uh, the sound design of all of those parts coming together when it when it's when it's done right, there's nothing like it. And, and when we hear orchestras, by the way, uh, we, we all know the difference, but we may not know what it is specifically um, in the moment. We just we go for the ride. It's just part of the yeah. the, the design. But the orchestra, you know. Um, you know, you've got 30 strings or, cell, or you know, uh, 15 cellos, you know. That's amazing, <laughs> really isn't it? Bringing out the drama of the scene. There's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing like it. And so, um, you know, you put together the composers, the orchestrators that make all that happen. Um, and it's really, it's really an interesting result. Um, Especially with the dynamics like we were talking about, when you have that many people playing one piece, and the dynamics are key. You can't all be on the same volume and the same speed. Like, you know, that is, right. that's about true harmony. It's, it is all about harmony. You yeah. know, the conductor, that's when you see, uh, often people ask, but what, what does a conductor do? They just see this guy waving a baton, but that's what they're, that's what they're dealing with is tempos and dynamics uh, simultaneously. So you get the result of that in the audience. So in film, it's even more important. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So this album is coming out in August. I was looking at this. Is, I'm excited about it. Is it going to be out on streaming? <laughs> Are you going to do vinyl uh, for August 11th for desserts? We we talked about vinyl. Uh, uh, my manager and I, we, you know, we kind of kicked this around a little bit. We just may, we may stage this at a, as a different, uh, as a later event. Uh, for now, okay. it's just a digital release. We're going to see how that goes. Um, we talked about the same thing on the previous record and we never got to the vinyl thing. <laughs> so we, well, maybe we never it'll got... be released together as a double because it'd be kind of neat to do it. Like here's your, di- your dinner party and you know, you go through the dinner and you listen right. to the music and then it's like dessert time. All right. Bring the cognac and the coffee and the dessert. <laughs> you know, that's, I, that to me sounds good. I, that That's an event. A listening event, uh, and and I you, love. You should you join know. our meetings. You should join I, our meetings. You have, you, you've got a hold on this. I, I'm into it. Well, it's a cool theme too, and and there's places like in Memphis they have listening mm-hmm. rooms. Like there's um, it's, I think it's like at the bottom of a hotel or something. Actual nice. listening chambers where they will play what music you want, and it's vinyl and like an actual. You can sit there with your cocktails, with right. your friends, and listen. To these, I mean, Memphis history is insane, right? Of course. And you get to listen to that. And I'm going, we need to go back to listening experiences. When they, right. when record stores went away, that sucked. We used to listen and it would be the most exciting thing to come home with an album mm-hmm. and your friends and listen and then put it on again. No, did you hear this part? No, don't talk through it, but, but listen, you know, so. Yeah. I think these listening, like we watch movies together, we go to concerts, right? That's a whole different thing. But a listening event in your own home is, you know, it, it, I, yeah, I, mean, I just, yeah. It's you, you, you're nailing it. That's exactly it. We're missing that one part of the equation. And, uh, yeah. I grew up in the same way. You know, we would, uh, the, the anticipation of buying an album was a big deal because you didn't have all the money in the world to buy all the records. Exactly. 
So when you chose your five records or whatever it was, and you brought that stuff home, you, you decided which one you were going to listen to first. Oh, that's a big deal. And, and, yeah. and you didn't want it, like you didn't want the music to <laughs> be short. You didn't want two, three minutes. So when you were talking earlier about like you want the song to feel like five, ten minutes, and it was three minutes because you, you don't want the experience to be over because it's new. Right. And then right. suddenly the dessert is gone. That's why I get upset about wine. You could have this amazing vintage of wine. And when the wine runs out, it's out. There's it's only old. so many grapes <laughs> that were grown. And they can't replicate it. They can't reproduce the same right. wine. That right. doesn't work. You know? Yeah. So I feel that way with music. It's like once it's out, it's out. And you can't play tangerine exactly the way you did it. I mean, you could get really, really 99.9% close, right? But as a musician, there's going to be something that somebody's going to do something. Nothing's 100%. That's oh, yeah. It, it'll, what you're hearing on the record is that, that moment, that time. Uh, yeah. we'll, play the, we'll play the arrangement again, of course. But the treatment of the arrangement itself, will it'll be different because of, you know, we're human beings. And you know, uh, what you did that morning may affect how you play that night. You know, yeah, <laughs> it, you're not supposed to take you know things your your personal life into the office, but it happens with music. Oh yes, it, it happens does. With music. Yeah. It, so we've yeah. got some gems uh, c- coming along. Um, I, I threw on this one. I threw in uh, uh, Van Morrison's Moon Dance. Uh, we've oh, been doing it. Cool. Yeah, we've been doing it in our shows, and it's been a, a, kind of a, a thing with, a, with the crowd. And um, Finally, I decided to record it, and uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And uh, oh, I can hear it. That's that's going to be magic. I can't wait. Yeah, oh my gosh. So we'll make sure we'll make sure we get, you get you get your early version of that. It's just a few weeks away. Awesome. We got uh, um, "How Insensitive" by Joe Beam. Um, we've got "The Gift" um, by oh, wow. uh, that was a huge hit for Edie Gourmet in the early sixties. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. These are some of these songs I don't think people are going to like remember until they hear them and go. Exactly. Oh yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. You know, a lot of these yeah. are an oh yeah moment. Um, there's one that Andy Williams had a hit called uh, um, in the early '60s as well called uh, um, "Music to Watch Girls By." And yes. so, yeah. So the title it, itself is crazy, which actually adds a little fun to it. But um, the melody is so, uh, I mean, it's just so, uh, it's like an um, earworm, you know, it just gets in your head and you can't get rid of it. Um, you got to put on something else really fast to get rid of it or try to. But great melody and not covered uh, for mm-hmm. odd reason. Um, I mean, I don't know why. It's a, it must, there's an odd reason to it, but um, it's seldom covered. Well, maybe people are thinking of, of singers, you know. And I don't think you can duplicate Andy Williams. He is his own sound. Right. He's an amazing he vocalist and forgotten about a lot, I think. Yeah, you know? one of the early crooners, um, you know, who uh, had his own uh, variety show on TV. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I brought in all the guests. And, I mean, I grew up with all that stuff. Um, and, um, you know, but that was a big hit for him and, and uh, kind of a forgotten gem. And I, I just kind of fell upon it. And uh, I thought, wow, this is going to work great on the guitar with the guys. We, we did like a cha-cha-cha uh, treatment on it. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, it's coming your way. Oh, I <laughs> can't wait. Way. So are you going to be releasing some of these songs as singles before the album? And I want to give everyone, it's juancarlosquintero.com and also mundomusic.com. And that's moon, D-O, 
So mundomusic.com because it's not like Telemundo. It's Mundo. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> or spelled, Moon, Moon uh, do. Moon yeah, I started a label uh, years ago and I, and I released a lot of records, um, you know, just really from my friends that I like, you know, and I, I released them under my, my uh, that moniker. But I, I spelled it phonetically so that everyone would, would uh, pronounce M-U-N-D-O, which is yeah. the correct thing, properly. So if you, if you spell it phonetically, everyone always says Mundo, you know, instantly. So um, that's why I did it. So we've had fun with that over the years. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's the label. And, and um, to answer your question, there's singles coming out every, every other week. It started last Friday with Tangerine um, on the mm. 30th of this month we'll we'll um follow with the gift and then oh, cool. another, another two weeks later we'll have uh all or nothing at all beautiful standard and then um the two weeks after that will be moon dance and that puts us into august 11 closer to august 11th where the album will finally come out so, oh very cool so where should everyone <laughs> follow what's the best place for them to be able to follow you for the singles um, my website is good, and uh, you know okay. and they, the singles appear on all the platforms. It's, it's okay. you know, the normal places, yeah. Okay, so everyone, uh, that's what you do. Go to the websites, and that's the best way. But now you're also working with Amy Worthington of Internaut Records. Um, I was I was saying Internauts earlier. I because I'm sailing. I don't know. <laughs> like I've got you know for those walk, not <laughs> watching, uh, my my background is the ocean, and, and we're recording this on solstice. But the first thing I thought, listening to your music, right. I immediately went to the beach. Period. Oh, great. great. I, I can't explain. I can't. I can't explain it. Just it doesn't matter if it's a sunset, sunrise. Non. It's just. I just wanted to go sit at the beach and listen. That's it. That's I like fine, it. You know. Like so that's a that's a cool thing uh, for yeah. me. But um, yeah. I mean, inner not uh, tell tell everybody about working with Amy because Amy is someone you've actually worked with quite a bit, right, over the years. Yeah, we we've had a a, a nice long history. Um, you know, she's um, she's known in the industry as uh, um, representing um, uh, Robert Fripp and King Crimson mm-hmm. and all and their uh, merchandising interests in the U.S. Um, and she and you know she helps with their touring. I mean, she's she has so many layers of her uh, expertise attached to to those guys. And also she distributed uh, music for a lot of prog artists, you know, prog mm-hmm. rock, um, including John Paul Jones from Zeppelin and, oh. and the members of Yes. Um, she, mm-hmm. she worked, Bill Bruford um, put out his, his albums and, you know, a lot of, a lot of those kind of artists, you know, um, and uh, when we first met, um, she, she really, uh, like what I was up to, I had just started Mundo Music, and and her and Robert uh, enabled me to to come in and um, and even open up an office within their uh, operation in L.A. You know, oh, wow. just open up an office there and just kind of started getting organized, trying to figure out how to run a small label. Um, and then they they offered me distribution through their channels, and that was cool. at that time with Ryko Distribution. Um, and all it just kind of evolved really nicely. Um, I, you know, on, on paper, I mean, what is this guy from Columbia, you know, with this, with this kind of jazz? This name that everybody relates music. to with drugs and all kinds of things. How, how are they fitting with the rock guys, you know? And uh, to, to their credit, you know, to Amy's credit and everyone in, in that operation, um, to them it was like, hey, it's, it's just interesting, you know, if we just kind of mm-hmm. 
fact that you're not a fit is even makes it a fit. Better. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so that's been the motto. And and so, you know, I've been uh, I was I was meeting with some managers uh, this past year. Um, it was time to to get you know get get that piece um, going. And uh, the more I thought about Amy, the more it was it was just a no brainer. And I you know when I met with her to talk about it. She was on board, and um, I mean, uh, it's it's just you know, you want someone that you can trust, and someone that has the chops, and uh, the uh, you know the ideology of of um, you know uh, of how things can work. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, it's a template. The industry is really built on templates. You know, this is how we do it. But um, you, when you come along and you and you rival those templates, um, and you point to another aspect of what's going on. Um, a lot of other things happen. And so she has, she has that mindset, which I really dig. And uh, so I feel like we're a great partnership. That's um, awesome because you know. when you're, you're in partnership, like I know Nancy and I, you know, being mother daughter, it's good because we keep each other on, on our toes because we don't yeah. agree. We don't agree on things. So right. creatively it's awesome because, you know, if I go to her and say, well, this is how everyone's doing it. Well, I'm not doing it then. That's it. <laughs> we're not doing it. I'm like, but this is what the industry, no, I don't care. We're not doing it. Right. And then it, 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 she turns out to be right, you know? Yeah. And so that whole thing of just because everyone's doing it does not mean you should do it. It actually, you need to do the other right. side. And I don't believe in the majority thing anymore. Well, I, I just, well, I don't yeah. want to get into politics. Let's not go there. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I think it's a great point. I mean, for us, you know, we can, we can really anchor this whole thing you know, what I do in uh, only in the jazz mm-hmm. uh, genre and all the radio and press that comes from jazz only. We could do that. And I've done that. But mm-hmm. uh, or we can choose to include them, mm-hmm. which is a different posture. I think completely. that's yeah, because your music. That's why I was saying in the beginning. I understand it's jazz, but it transcends to me. It transcends. It just feels good. Thank so you. I'm not good at putting things in a box. We're the blend after all, you know, because everything's connected. Everything yeah. is connected. I, you know, it's like, I don't care. Like the music, like we were talking about, oh, the music, it, how you write music as musicians versus how we write it as an editorial piece. It's all connected the same kind of, yes. it's a formula, but it's not. It's about how to get into yeah. someone's brain but- and the soul. Well, the the common uh, thread to all this is that it's really adult music. It's really um, mm-hmm. if to like identify it. And so if you if you if you look at the adults, you know, as adults, we oh, do I'm everything. out, and I don't want to be an adult. Well, you know, <laughs> you're monks. You know, it's okay. <laughs> but but you know, in other words, we do everything. We we listen yeah. to our country albums. We listen to our our classic rock. We listen to jazz. We listen to classical. Mm-hmm. We shop here. We shop there. We do all kinds of things. We're not boxed in by anything, you know? Yeah. And so if you look, if you focus on, if we have to, you know, pinpoint an audience, that's the audience, really. It's an mm. adult experience. And um, and if you look at it from, from that angle, then you realize that the music industry as a whole is, has kind of, kind of put themselves in these boxes unnecessarily. And the audience mm-hmm. is way, you know, it's, it, the audience prides themselves in having a palette that goes beyond these boxes, you know? Yes. And yeah. you don't need to be told what to do. Like you're, right. you shouldn't, you're like, you know, it's like going to a restaurant and the chef comes out and tells you how to eat his food. 
I'll get up and walk <laughs> out. Like I've been eating since, you know, I've really, when people see me and meet me, they know you've been eating, but <laughs> I know how to do it quite well. Don't tell me how, right. you, you know what I mean? People don't want that. And you want some yeah. discovery. And yes, maybe there's a new way of eating this, but don't come in. And, it, that's that same thing. Don't tell people how to listen or what to listen to. And I think, again, it all goes back to the gimmicks, the salesy sure. gimmicks and merchandising is cool. Yeah, we want the T-shirt. We want those kind of things. But yeah. you, you know what I mean? I think it's become so commercialized. Like, look at country music now. Is is it country? Is it like, it's, is it? Is it's it pop? Is it? Is Chris Stapleton really country? Like, right. I don't I know. <laughs> I think he's soul. But that so what? Actually, I don't really care right. what, what they want to label because I don't really listen to it. I listen to the music. And, yeah, exactly. and I think like he, he would, I mean, he would collaborate with you, Chris Stapleton on something. If it, it's like, oh, this will be a nice, oh. you know, way of changing up a song. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it's adult. It, as grown ups, we can make choices. Absolutely. And so, um, it's, uh, I, I mean, I've experienced audience, um, members uh you know when i meet them after a show i I mean i've heard it so many times uh where they say um they hate jazz but they love what i'm doing and 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 i you know it's not that they you know hate jazz i think that what they're saying is they they don't like or they don't relate to certain types of jazz you know but so i don't say to them well you you know i am jazz you know it's I, i just i let it live as music you know Mm-hmm. But it's it's very interesting to me that um, that always strikes me as a, as a moment because it, it tells me, wow, okay. So when Paul Desmond recorded Take Five, he reached a whole, uh, I mean, an Change. incredible, yeah. He, he he reached a commercial audience. We could we could say a broad audience. Mm-hmm. The song was in five four, was an odd meter, but the melody was so infectious, and the way he went about it made it so easy for everyone and the, you know um girl from ipanema with stan getz you mm-hmm. know thing it was like a it was like a pop hit back in the day and um so some people knew he was a jazz saxophone yeah. player some people didn't focus on that they just heard the song and they're like i, I think henry it. mancini did a lot of that too with his writing i think he made yeah. it like you could enjoy it it wasn't like Okay, right. you you have to have a jazz degree to listen to the music, you know. Right. And then there's the other side of jazz, which is like, you know, wow, that's some crazy stuff you're listening to, and you're into it, and it's layered, and it's to me, I'm like, okay, where are we going? This is cool. Some yeah. people just that's not their thing, and and that's so not- so what? That's okay. That's okay. That's- Everybody, it, it's like I don't right. like like white. I do like white wine, but like maybe <laughs> I only drink red, and that's okay, right. you know. Right. But. I don't think we should also be never, I'll never listen to this. I won't listen to, you know what I mean? May not be your cup of tea. And, and we do, you know, music interviews all the time. And I listen to music that is not necessarily my cup of tea, but is it good? Right. That to me. And, and and then next thing you know, you start to, your brain and your heart and your listening heart starts to bend. And next thing you know, you're listening to something you said was never your cup of tea. Right. You're drinking right. from that cup now. So good, good musicians will change people's, uh, you know, their mindset or no, their I, listening, I, so, you know? I think so. It's what happened to me when mm-hmm. I was coming up. I heard, you know, I heard Jeff Beck and he was, he was Ooh. playing, he was playing uh, Mingus. 
Wow. You know, but he wasn't branded as a jazz player, but he was playing, you know, music that was one of the best, Uh. you know, and he, he sang the way he sang on that guitar and, and changed guitar in my view. But, um, you couldn't put a, a label on what he was doing. He was, it was just Jeff Beck. And, um, and it transcended the genres, which I love. And I it, it tell it reminds us the audience is way hipper, way hipper than 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 the marketing attempts to to you know brand people and their taste in, in, in with data. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 broader than that. You know, so we have. I all don't want to be branded because that'll hurt. <laughs> no kidding. This I, 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 I know it's like whatever you know. There's branding, and of course, we have to talk about it in our marketing stuff and everything. And it's and with our partners, but it's like. I really don't like that word because it's, it just, ow. And that is a boxing in thing. The branding is good. I understand the importance, but there's also a boxing in of that where people also, it's, it's like being typecast. Mm-hmm. And I think even actual companies do that so much to a point of you've, you're not, a, you're, you've made it that you've stunted your own company's growth if you're only this. And when you need to change, and we looked at, look at the pandemic, businesses had to change. Absolutely. And if you didn't change, you're stuck, right? We can adjust our sales. You know, right. that is our abilities in, in life. And we're given that tool set to always be able to adjust our sales if we choose to. It's that right. choice. And when companies overbrand themselves and then they bring something new out, people are like, Oh, you're, you're now you, I don't know. You've done that. Now I don't, now I don't. You know, you've gone against sure. who you sure. are. So they feel like you've lost integrity, even if it's just a new product or something. It's interesting. I, you, this reminds me, uh, years ago, uh, I'll make this really brief, but years ago I was, I was touring in, um, in Tahiti, of all places. And um, oh, cool. there was one station at that time. I don't know. If, I, don't, I doubt it's the case anymore, but it was basically one main station, a radio station. And there was one main um record store in in the in the main island papete and uh i remember going to the shop and there wasn't a jazz section there wasn't a rock section classical section none of that it was all alphabetical order the whole place right oh, that's so interesting I, I took a picture of my music next to queen's right and queen oh God, because, that's awesome. because of the alphabet <laughs> i thought I like that. when is this ever going to happen again you know and um it was a, it was just a, a moment where I realized, wow, this is you know that we're not worried about genres here. It's all alphabet. That's that's what, that's what matters. And sure enough, on the radio station, they played everything, everything. That's awesome. That's yeah. that's to me how it should be because it otherwise you've boxed your your potential as like a, a listener. You've boxed your your. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to change as listeners, as as the audience. We have to change and right. explore. Otherwise, right. you're boxed in and you're hearing the same beat all the time. And then eventually, then you're Hotel California. And then you start to hate a very well-crafted. I mean, one time I actually made myself listen to it again, even though it, I, you know, I start to hear it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I, I like, no, you're going to revisit the song, even though it plays every place <laughs> you go in the country. And I'm like. Okay, it's really one of the best best songs ever written and played. It really, when you right. listen to it, you cannot say there's anything. That song is one of the best crafted songs, honestly. Right. And yet, the I intro, hate it. the lyrics, the tempo. <laughs> I hate it. I uh, hate it just because it, it's it's overdone. It's, it's overplayed. Right. And now, if they did a different version, 
now, now I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, but it's the same. You're ready. Cut. You're ready for the new version. <laughs> that, can you at least do it when, like a live cut or something? Now, right. now I'll be like, oh, something, you know, let's hear how they do it this time, you know, or somebody else playing it just for that. And so that's what I'm saying is that audiences get, you know, overdone stuff. Like when you go on Facebook and you see the same ad, you eventually, and if that company, you didn't like that company, now you see, keep seeing that ad. Now you hate that company. Right. And you didn't hate it before. It so that it can yeah. flip on you being so boxed in. So right. I love this. What a fun conversation. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. I can't wait for the album to come out. So everyone, August 11th, watch for the singles. I'm going to put the links to the websites in the oh. show notes. So whether it's in YouTube or you're listening on Spotify or wherever you're listening um, or watching, the links are there. So thank you so much for joining us, Juan. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. Hope to do it again soon. Oh, absolutely.